You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 76 of the Toe Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to get into today. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Too Sweet Pod. That's where I do my live tweeting from. Also, personal account at OMGCoreB. Also, you can find me at linktr.ee slash Too Sweet Pod. I said every week, YouTube, Periscope, iTunes. The list goes on and on and on, but we're about to hop into some things. We got a lot of news today. AEW on TNT, NXT, possibly on TV. Vince mentions AEW. Yes, that Vince McMahon. He mentioned them. Impact and X deal falls apart. We're about to talk about all of that plus more on this edition of the Two Sweet Podcast. But we're gonna hop into best thing, funniest thing. No number one spot this week, but we do have best thing, funniest thing, best thing of the week. Bray Wyatt, ladies and gentlemen. You want to talk about enjoyable television? Uh, one of the few good, actually good things that happened on Raw reunion. Bray Wyatt attacked Mick Foley and it was a thing of beauty. Gave him the mandible claw. Uh, we had the lights go out. The crowd was into it. Got a huge pop. And it was just spectacularly done. I loved every bit of it. Funniest thing this week. Xavier Woods singing along to Shawn Michaels theme music on SmackDown was just tremendous. Xavier Woods, like I tweeted out, is a national treasure. It was great. He sung it lyric for <laughs> lyric, and it was hilarious. Funniest thing of the week. So we're going to hop right on into all of these news stories that I have lined up. I'm looking at my page, and it is just filled from top to bottom. So we're going to hop into this thing right now. AEW, the big announcement, they will be on TNT October 2nd, running at 8 Eastern to 10 o'clock Eastern. And I got to say that I am very excited. Ah, look, just looking at the press release before I get into anything, they will be in Washington, D.C. For, for the very first episode at the Capital One Arena. So there was something that Chris Jericho said. He said that they will start in, in smaller venues. Well, that's out of the uh, equation here at Capital One Arena. Last I checked, it's a pretty big venue. So they're starting out big, you know, they have reason to believe that they have a great fan base. You know, they sold out all of their events, but it is a different story when you're talking about going week to week to week. So we'll see how it turns out. I hope it works out well for them. We'll see on that aspect. In the press release, they said that they will be keeping track of wins and losses. And I'm not that big a fan of that because when we get years down the road, the wins and losses records will be ridiculous. I would be more of a fan if they would have just said that wins and losses matter in our company, not necessarily that we will keep a record of them. Uh, one more thing I want to get to in the press release. They said that moves and damages to wrestlers' opponents will be also analyzed on air to provide insights into their winning streaks. I'm a huge fan of that. Like, yes, we should be looking at the fact that if Chris Jericho won with a Lion Tamer uh, five matches in a row, we should note that. And I think it's a great thing in wrestling. 
I can speak to analytics. Tony Khan talked about that, how they would use analytics in wrestling. I think that's a extremely cool idea that I'm very much looking forward to. But looking at it overall, this is great for the sport of professional wrestling. And like it provides another competitor out there that has a big I named the network for wrestlers to wrestle on to showcase their abilities. And it is a win for all the way around for wrestling fans. And pretty much finally, I will say finally about this, we've been speculating about this for what seems like half a year now that, you know what, AEW could end up on Turner. It's like right when AEW announced, it's like, eh, no, whenever they ever went back to TNT, that's been speculated on for months now. So we're finally here. And I got to say that I'm going to use these two stories here and weave them together because we're going to move into NXT. Now, shortly after AEW's announcement, another story came out on NXT and it came from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. I said that it's unknown if NXT will be moving to TV, but... It said that WWE sources have reportedly confirmed that the talks are serious and the idea is being strongly considered due to competition with AEW. The idea being planned was fairly recent due to AEW signing with TNT. And I gotta say that this is a bold move. I just switching NXT from the WWE Network. If this were to go down, this is all reportedly nothing's in stone yet. But if this were to go down, you would be taking away a huge aspect of the WWE Network. Like the uh, NXT is behind the pay-per-views. That's the major draw to the WWE Network, in my opinion. It's between that and watching all of the old back catalog of all the old Raws and Nitros. It's between that and NXT as to what's the second draw on the WWE Network. And you'd be taking it away from the WWE Network, so that would be a bold move. But looking at it, if they were to go to FS1, it would be fantastic exposure for your guys that's in NXT, your Velveteen Dreams, uh, the Undisputed Era would be phenomenal exposure for those guys. And it would be, like I said, for AEW, would be good for wrestling fans. But here's the skinny. Here's the most exciting thing about it. AEW versus NXT, the Wednesday Night Wars. Like, I am here for that. Like, let's relive that. Like, yes, I would absolutely love it. And I'm just going to go right on into it. At this aspect, you got to think of, you know, which one would you watch? Would you watch AEW or would you watch NXT? And I got to say that my answer is that I went AEW already being on Wednesday. And even if NXT were to move to FS1, I would still give the nod to AEW because whether you like AEW or you don't, they have this aspect to them. They have a new card smell aspect to them and they are very interesting and they have built up a swell of momentum uh, from their fans and it is very interesting. They're going to go back to TNT. Wrestling's back on TNT so there is that draw. It's all about what AEW does with their time. Do they present intriguing television? Do they hold our audiences to watch their programming? So that's what they're going to have to pull off but as it stands right now, I would be watching AEW and I would watch NXT on a replay or I'd find a way to watch it 
uh, one way or another. This would be phenomenal for the fans. I keep saying great for wrestling fans, great for wrestling. AEW versus NXT on TV would be phenomenal. It would like drive wrestling Twitter into a frenzy. It would be the number one night on all of wrestling Twitter throughout the week. It would be great. Like, and uh, moving on, some people may say that you know AEW and NXT is fighting over the same niche audience, and I don't think AEW nor NXT is a niche product. Like the Attitude Era, in my uh, estimation, that was niche. Like that was for niche audiences. Uh, AEW NXT is all about putting forth great wrestling. That is not niche at all. But looking at the aspects, uh, this would force. I don't think I, I can say force because NXT is already putting on great programming. But they would go even more all out to pull out all of the stops if they were to go on TV to face off against all elite wrestling. I would love it. And look, man, I'm here for it, baby. I'm here for it. I would love it. Like, let's get this on, man. So moving on and sticking with AEW, how about Vince McMahon? So on an investor's call, uh, and I could give you all of the glitz and glamour of the call, but there's only two to three quotes that you need to hear as a wrestling fan. I did all the reading, and look, there's only about two or three things that you need to hear. Vince McMahon said that, you know, he touted uh, Heyman, he touted Bischoff, and he said that, you know what, he can't be in the weeds any longer. So I saw that, and I said, okay. That's interesting. He said it allows me to have a broader overview. They'll have they'll have a lot of latitude. So Vince McMahon pretty much said, you know what? I cannot do this for much more longer. And that's why these guys are here. Even though I have something to say on Eric Bischoff and his role, his current role. But looking toward the future, it's great in my estimation that Vince has realized, you know what, I can't do this because Vince needs to be out now. That's just my opinion. Somebody else should be running things. But I, I would prefer if Triple H were running the show. That's just me. But the money quotes are from his thoughts on AEW. You know, the guy said that, you know what, uh, we have graduated, WWE has graduated uh, to a more sophisticated product unlike AEW and I'm like for a more sophisticated product you mean like the back shaving with the revival that more sophisticated like what is Vince talking about here and note that Vince said he didn't say AEW excuse me he said our potential new competitor they will, he said they will be edgier, but remain PG. No blood and guts like our potential new competitor. And what I got out of that was Vince McMahon. Like, not the wrestling community. Vince Kennedy McMahon said potential new competitor. He mentioned AEW as competition. Like... Okay, like we can no longer laugh at the aspect of AEW competition to WWE. <laughs> no, Vince McMahon said it, not us. Like it could be 
I, I'm one of the aspects to say that it can be competition to WWE as far as programming goes. Maybe they won't be competing with them out of the gates as far as WWE being a media conglomerate. That won't happen, but they can be competition out of the gates as far as ca captivating television programming goes. Bitch McMahon mentioned them as competition. Like, that's, that was an eye opener to me. If it would, Vince McMahon truly didn't see AEW as true competition, he wouldn't have never even put forth the words competitor or competition. He also said that uh, he hopes that the perceived competition doesn't continue with blood and guts and can't imagine that TNT would want that. Like, what is my deal? Blood and guts. What are we actually talking about here? Are we talking about the one unprotected chair shot that they had Cody take? The one time that they did it, they hadn't done it anymore. Are we talking about the one match with Moxley and Joey Janela? Is that the blood and guts story that we're talking about? Vince is talking about AEW like they are the 2019 version of the Attitude Era. And that is not true at all. Like, like not in the least. Like, you're talking about blood and guts, and I don't get it, man. Like, I don't see it, and I don't see it at all. I'm not sure what Vince is getting at here, but here's the deal. It Things have gotten really interesting, man, and fans are on edge. I'm on edge. I want to see what's going to happen. Like, I wish I could just fast forward to October 2nd right now just to see how it all plays out on screen. So, I am very excited about AEW, Vince mentioned them. They're on his radar. We'll see how it all turns out going forward. So we'll move on here. Moving on to Impact Wrestling. As I take a sip of water here. Impact Wrestling had a rumored deal uh, with Axis going, Axis TV, excuse me, going, and it got me really excited because. There were a ton of great things that could happen uh, with, with Impact moving from Pursuit TV. But as it turns out, it seems like the deal has fallen apart. This is from At Fight Oracle on Twitter. Said some news regarding the rumored Axe TV Impact Wrestling deal. Axe declined Impact's interest. Anthem then floated buying Axe from AEG and Mark Cuban. Uh, he said that he didn't know that they could afford it would need huge private equity. I also went on to say that X is not interested in exploring a buyout with Anthem. Things appear very unstable at Anthem Media employees on edge. I don't know if I'm going to go all the way that far. But he also went on to say that forgot to mention X dealing declining interest from Impact is the reason for the Twitch press release. An attempt to save face. The timing is no coincidence. So here's my deal that I take from all of this. Uh, I think it's very unfortunate, man, because this was something I was very much looking forward to. I was here for it because that's pretty much how I got going uh, regularly on New Japan. I just found it on X once, and I was a casual watcher of New Japan, but I found it on X once, and I just started watching. It's like, okay, this is pretty cool. And I wanted Impact to switch to X, not for that reason alone, but because they are on in such an unfortunate channel and such an unfortunate time slot like it is tough uh, to wake up or to stay up for a television programming a wrestling television program that goes 
all the way into midnight Eastern. It's tough to stay up for it. And like this would have been a great deal for Impact Wrestling. I gotta say that the thing that really surprised me about this report the most is that Anthem it was out here trying to buy Axe TV. Like in the immortal words of Randy Orton, that one was out of nowhere. Like I, I didn't see that one coming. That one took me totally by surprise. And we'll see where it goes going forward hopefully impact can find a better uh, station because they are putting on some phenomenal wrestling man like some phenomenal programming the women's division is killing it right now tessa blanchard is killing it right now they're doing some phenomenal things right now and it would be great if they found a way to get off of pursuit twitch has been doing very well for them and i enjoy watching it on twitch it is a phenomenal programming if i may say so myself it is an easy watch so moving on we're gonna move on to the wwe raw reunion and we're not going to go over the whole show because I'm not going to keep you here for that long. I'm not the type of podcaster that just stays on for very long. I don't want to hold you for a long time, but we're going to go through it some, go through some of it. But the, I'm going to go through the main problem of it. Excuse me. Had a lot of nostalgia there. We saw a lot of old names. It was good to see Steve Austin and all. But here's the deal, man. There's nothing wrong with great nostalgia, but. I want to see some of that nostalgia used to put over the younger guys. Look, you saw how well it worked with Bray Wyatt and, and Mick Foley. That segment was money. 100 out of 100. 10 out of 10. 5 stars. Whatever you want to put on it. It was greatly done and I enjoyed the heck out of it, man. And I had a lot of ideas, man. Like Going into the show, I said... Okay, the club should beat down DX. That would be great. We got DX in the ring. And basically what they did was say, we're the real OGs. We had the club in their uh, OC shirts. And like they're talking about they're the OGs. And DX pretty much comes out and says, I know you guys get out of here. We're the real OGs. You guys get out. You can suck it or whatever. And I'm just sitting there like, of course the club gets punked out. That was a fine time to use those guys. And like they just got punked out. X-Pac and Scott Hall said as much on X-Pac's podcast. Said when the idea was presented to them, pretty much everyone in the room said, ah, we're kind of burying them, these guys. Shouldn't we do it another way? And pretty much their idea got shot down. And what happened? They went with what happened on TV. So look, man, and we seen what happened at the end of the show. You know, Steve Austin is in the ring, and I love me some Steve Austin. He cut a decent enough promo, and I'm just sitting there at the end of the show. I'm like, okay, what's gonna happen here? Can something? Can somebody get involved here? I would have loved for Drew McIntyre. We could have used Steve Austin, and we could have used Drew McIntyre to lay everybody out. Or to lay Steve Austin out at the least and stand tall over him. That would have been great. Or, if you think that's too much, you could have had Shane McMahon come out. I tell everyone to get out, be in the ring, and have Kevin Owens come in and hit him with a stunner and share beers with Steve Austin. That would have been great. You could have used this nostalgia to to 
put over the newer generation of the or at least the current crop of guys here's my deal all of these eyeballs are gonna be on the tv station to see all these old guys and you know it's people that's gonna hear oh steve austin's gonna be on the show tonight okay i'm gonna watch this time dx gonna be on the show i'm gonna watch why not try to draw these people in with the newer guys by having them interact with the older guys they did a great job of it with Bray Wyatt but why not do more of it look I, I don't understand it people were saying that oh it's just harmless nostalgia and you know nothing's wrong with it and I'm saying man yeah something is wrong with it you gotta like adapt you gotta use that and put guys over like that's my only problem that I had with it other than the fact that it wasn't all that great in my estimation the 24-7 title stuff that was well done like uh, every segment didn't hit but the overriding majority of those segments were really funny and I enjoyed the heck out of it well freaking done with the 24-7 title so that's my thoughts on Raw Reunion overall I thought it was a miss they could have done more with the talent that's just my opinion to put newer guys over Hey, that's just what I thought on the show. So we're going to move on into Eric Bischoff, man. I saw a very interesting report and it just made me scratch my head. Uh, I was thinking, okay, why? So it came from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And basically, if I'm going to sum it up here, basically said that Eric Bischoff, uh, set in on creative meanings basically eric bischoff's creative input is that he doesn't have any at all eric bischoff reportedly had no actual involvement with smackdown this week even though he was there even though he's the executive director of the brand here's my deal obviously the reports initially came out that they also had eric bischoff involved because he had great our relationships uh, with TV execs and had great experience dealing with TV execs. Why is Eric Bischoff here? Like, if you're not going to be using Eric Bischoff from a creative perspective, if he's not in those creative meetings, not in a Paul Heyman role, because Paul Heyman seems to have that creative role on WWE, right? He doesn't seem to have it. He does have that creative role on WWE Raw. Why does Eric Bischoff not have the same stroke? Like, okay, if you brought him in because of, it, because of his experience with TV execs, I mean, doesn't WWE have the most experience with TV execs? I mean, like, what are we doing here? It was also said that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff's um, one of their main sticking points, one of their main positions is that they will uh, be will have to come up with merchandising brands uh, for wrestlers. And I'm like, what? They, that's what you have Eric Bischoff there for? For merchandise? And I just don't see the benefit there. And here's the deal. We have Vince McMahon talking on that investors call. Like I mentioned, said he can't be in the, in the weeds for, long, for much longer. But how about right now? Just give it over. If Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff is the executive director why not have eric bischoff have the same power that paul Heyman has i'm not saying that eric bischoff has the mind that paul Heyman has but if you're gonna put him in the same position if you're gonna have that big press release that they had 
like what was it a few weeks ago a month ago however long ago it was had us thinking that you know what okay Paul Heyman is going to be running Raw Eric Bischoff is going to be running Smackdown it turns out that that's not the case at all Eric Bischoff has no creative power and like I'm just sitting there like what what are we doing here why is Eric Bischoff even here in the first place I don't understand it I think that they should be using Eric Bischoff uh, in a creative role because the guy he isn't perfect but he's had his moments uh, with WCW so I want to see Eric Bischoff on the creative side on Smackdown we'll see how that turns out going forward as we move further along so moving on we're gonna move to Jimmy Uso we have another unfortunate story it turns out that Jimmy Uso was arrested again this time uh, for driving under the influence and like I said, this is very unfortunate for Jimmy Uso. And like, man, like, when do you accept? When do you learn that? You know what? I got to get things together. It turns out that he was swerving on the road. And man, it's, it's just for one, it's unfortunate, but it's fortunate because it, it could have ended a different way. This could have been much more tragic than what I'm here talking about right now. As it turns out, he has been released on a $1,000 bond, and we'll see what happens. His court appearance is set for August the 15th. We'll see what happens with that. But, like, man, I hope this doesn't get to a point to where the guy has to hit rock bottom to finally figure out, okay, I need to change some things up in my life. I, I wish him the best, but... <sighs> yes, this is something that he has to get together before it becomes something very unfortunate. And I'm wishing the best for the guy. I'm not here to criticize him or judge him, but he has to get things together. We'll see how it all turns out going forward. So we'll move on to Viceland. And I, I, I got to say that I was very excited for this news. Viceland's Dark Side of the Ring will have a season two. This was a phenomenal show. If you didn't get to watch it on by the season one, uh, Dark Side of the Ring on Viceland, it was a phenomenal watch. And had things such as the Montreal Screwjob, had phenomenal stories. And I'm pretty sure season two will be a phenomenal show. So far, it's being said from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that uh, things that were filmed were the Chris Benoit story, Dino Bravo, and... We'll see how it all turns out going forward. This season, we have Brawl for All. They're going to talk about that as well. I'm interested to see how that goes. And the story on Jimmy Snooker has been discussed as well. So it should be a jam-packed season two. I'm very interested in it. I don't know if it's on demand on Viceland, but if you can try to look it up, it was a phenomenal first season. And I enjoyed every single bit of it i cannot wait for it to come back for season two so moving on to the final topic of the day seth freaking rollins like man here i am again seth rollins just keeps running his mouth man he keeps running his mouth on john moxley he said in a interview he said that on john moxley joining AEW, he said he was surprised by it Said he knew that he needed some time away from WWE. He just loves wrestling, loves industry, but he needed some time off. If he would have just stopped right there, I would have been fine with it. I wouldn't have even been talking about this, but he kept going. The dude said, but now 
he's competition. Now he's the one trying to take dinner off my table. So good on him, but we're going to do our best to continue to be the best here at WWE. And those guys want to step up to the big leagues to give it a shot. Then by all means, but we're going to knock them dead just like we do everybody else. Like, I, I, taking food off the table? Like, man, Brock Lesnar is taking food off the table. Like, WWE is the one that looked at your title shot t- title a run and said, this isn't good enough, so we're going to put it back on Brock. That's just taking food off the table. Like, Dean Ambrose is just trying to make a living for himself. Even, I go back to it, and Roman Reigns addressed it. And or just our uh, John Moxley, and it didn't come off as bitter. Came off as he wished the best for him, but he's gonna do his thing at WWE. Uh, uh, he, as in Roman Reigns, is gonna do his thing at WWE. He wished the best for John Moxley, but we're gonna do our thing here. When Seth Rollins addresses John Moxley, it comes off like, okay, that's my friend. I wish him the best, but you're the enemy now. Like yeah, we were we were boys, but you work over since you work over there, you're the enemy, and I'm bitter about it. That's how it comes off. So I wish the best stuff, Rollins. I wonder what John Moxley's response to all of this is, but it's just yeah, I would say it's kind of petty if you look at it. Like let the man live his life. You do your thing in WWE. We'll see how it all turns out. But Seth Rollins say it'd be best if he stopped talking about John Moxley and just gave the PC answer. That he looked to give before he said the guy is taking dinner off of my table. So that's it for the Two Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Let me know your thoughts on Twitter on all of these topics. NXT, Vince, whatever you got on Twitter or on YouTube at OMG Corey B. Let me know your thoughts.